Hi, this is Malia Warner, and welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. This is episode 28, a continuation of our summer series reading of my book, Lies of the Magpie, the story of my journey healing through postpartum depression and chronic illness. Lies of the Magpie, Chapter 6. We brought Kate home and began adjusting to life as a family of four. Danny thought Kate was a toy that squeaked, moved, and cried if you poked it in the eyes. We set up a playpen in the family room, a protective parameter to separate Danny from Kate. Aaron's trip to St. Louis had proven profitable. He had passed his tests and was an officially licensed stockbroker. His license came with a marvelous perk a legitimate office of his own, a place to get off his feet during the day, and here's the best part, it came complete with air conditioning. With getting an office, Aaron had permission from Goodwin to hire his own personal office assistant. On the first day in his new office, Aaron came downstairs showered, freshly shaven, and dressed in a new shirt and tie. You look like a man with important places to go and people to see. I sat at our card table wearing wrinkled pajamas, my hair scooped up in a messy bun on top of my head, spooning oatmeal into Danny's mouth. Kate was sleeping in the playpen next to the table, and Danny kept pointing at her with questioning eyes. It's Kate, I'd say. It's sister. Aaron kissed the top of my messy bun. You're down here early. He sounded so chipper, I wanted to go back to bed. Kate woke up at five to eat. Danny was wide awake at six. He's been down here playing. Oh, sorry. I tried to keep him quiet. I didn't hear a thing. Aaron poured some juice. Did Kate wake up in the night? At 2.30 and then at five. Oh, congratulations on your new office, babe. Your first day with a real desk and air conditioning. This is a big day. Yes, it is. Have fun here. What are you guys going to do today? Aaron said. I didn't know how to answer. What did he think I should do today? What did he think I could do today? In between hooking a six-pound human to my chest every three hours and stopping 11-month-old Danny from running over his new sister with his fire truck, what did he expect from me? Did he expect that I would read Barney books to Danny and tell him the name of every plastic alphabet letter he brought to me? Because that's what I did. Did he expect that I would wince and cry each time Kate started to suck on my cracked, bleeding nipples? Because that's what I did. Did he expect that I would lay Kate down on our bed and fall sound asleep next to her? Because that's what I did. Laya and I talked most often when I took Kate downstairs for her 2.30 a.m. feedings. Laya never seemed to need sleep like I did. I sat in the rocking recliner staring foggy-eyed at the bucket of Danny's toys in the corner. In the dim, mysterious glow of the lamplight, I expected at any moment for the toys to come to life and perform a midnight matinee in the middle of the family room floor. I'm not winning any prizes in the mothering arena, am I? I whispered to Lyle while I leaned my head against the recliner, waiting for Kate to finish. There's no report card. How do I know if I'm doing this right? What tells me how I measure compared to other women? Lyle knew the answer. The mothering judges aren't as direct. You have to watch for subtle signs from people around you. They may not come straight out and tell you what they think, but watch their actions and listen for the underlying meaning of what they say, especially Aaron. And you'll have a good idea of how you rank in your performance as a mother. 
Nancy, that lady at church, told me she went two weeks overdue. She said I was lucky that I only had eight-month pregnancies. Lia nodded. People will rightly think that you weaseled your way out of those hardest last weeks of pregnancy. Does Aaron think that? I asked, worried. Aaron never fully believed you about the bed rest. He thought you were milking the situation. The bed rest and the false labor embarrassed him. It made him realize that he married a weak woman. How do you know? I asked. You just need to open your eyes and pay attention to Aaron's cues. What was his reaction after you gave birth to Kate? Did he say you were brave? Did he tell you you did a good job? I thought back to Aaron's face after Kate's delivery. He didn't seem proud, impressed, or grateful. He looked battle-weary, like he'd barely survived a near miss. No, I frowned. I did so many things wrong with Kate's delivery that I just made Aaron's life more stressful. There are so many things I would do differently if I could. Lia continued. I'm guessing that Aaron hasn't given you a birthing gift. A what? Is that a thing? Sure. Calvin gave Anise a necklace when Ashley was born and a bracelet for Tyson. Your brother gives his wife a different figurine representing each child. What did Aaron give you? Nothing. My heart felt heavy. My eyes closed. I was falling asleep mid-conversation. I didn't perform well enough to deserve a present. And with that, my eyes shut and Lia disappeared. When Aaron carried a chatty Danny downstairs the next morning, I was asleep in the recliner. My head tilted back awkwardly, my breast exposed. I heard the TV click on and startled awake. So sorry Danny woke you up. Set him down, I'll watch him so you can go back to sleep. It's okay, I've got early morning meetings anyway. Aaron set up Danny's morning shrine on the couch. A pile of pillows, favorite blanket tucked around his feet, toy dinosaurs at the ready, and a bottle of formula before he raced through the shower. Coming downstairs, he grabbed the car keys and opened the front door, letting in the bright rays of morning light. You have got to be kidding. Parked in its usual spot, our white Oldsmobile sat surrounded by a blanket of shattered glass. The only thing left of the front windshield was a few pieces of jagged glass sticking out from the otherwise empty frame. Aaron opened the driver's door and retrieved the cause of the break, a large gray rock. Do you have time today to call the insurance company and see who they cover to fix that? Aaron asked, exchanging for the other set of car keys and climbing into the Kia. I should be able to, I said, watching him back out and drive away to work. I wished I could trade places with him. I wished he had to stay here and deal with the broken glass and the two babies and the claustrophobic apartment and that I could drive away to a clean office with my own personal assistant. I turned around and took a deep, deep breath before I walked inside to face my day. I locked Danny into his booster seat, gave him a pile of Cheerios, and parked him facing the television. Still wearing pajamas and slippers, I hauled the vacuum and a garbage can out the front door and picked out shards of glass from the car's upholstery. Kate was screaming when I lugged the vacuum back into the apartment. In the downstairs bathroom, I carefully took off my glass-speckled pajamas and scrubbed my hands, arms, and face before picking up Kate. Her tiny face was red from crying. I'm so sorry, baby girl. I laid her against my shoulder and patted her soft back. I'm here. I bet you're starving. Danny was kicking and struggling to get free from his straps. I helped him down. His diaper was so soggy it was almost falling around his ankles. But Kate had to eat before I could start changing diapers. Danny finished his bottle while watching Clifford the Big Red Dog. When Kate finished, I resisted the urge to move her. 
I was learning that if I let her lie still for several minutes after she ate, without lifting, bending, burping, or jostling her, then she didn't spit up as much. Once she was settled, I placed her and Danny on the carpet side by side, my version of assembly line diaper changes. What does Danny want to wear today? I held up two shirts. He pointed to the one with green dinosaurs. No surprise there. I pulled off his pajama tops, skinned the rabbit, and tickled his protruding belly. Arms up, close your eyes, and I drilled my tongue to sound like a drum roll. Ta-da! Danny opened his eyes and looked down, pointing out each of the three dinos on his belly and waited for me to repeat their names. Okay, mister, let's get out your bucket of dinosaurs and you can play while mommy makes a phone call. I searched through my files for the car insurance phone number. Oddly, when I picked up the phone, there was no dial tone. My internet was down too. I'd have to go to the office to make the call. Danny was on his stomach, nearly asleep in the middle of his pile of toys. Hey, pal, I shook Danny to wake him up. No nap yet. Mom's going to take a quick shower. Then you want to go for a walk in your stroller? Danny perked up and pointed to the door. Go, he said. I left the bathroom door open to listen for Danny while I showered. Out of the shower, I piled my wet hair into a twist on my head and attached Kate's car seat to the top of the stroller. Climb in, I patted to the bottom of the stroller. Danny crawled over and climbed into the storage basket. He didn't seem to mind that Kate was using his car seat or that he'd been demoted to the bottom. When I opened the door, I was startled to see a woman with her hand up ready to knock. Oh, hi, Sharon. I was just on my way over to the office. Sharon, our apartment complex office manager, held a file with the name Warner on the tab. I bet you were coming to pay your rent, Sharon smiled. I thought it was strange that your rent was two weeks late. That's unusual for you, but now I can see you've been busy. Sharon gestured to baby Kate. The rent. I'd completely forgotten to pay October's rent. I am so embarrassed, I told Sharon. Let me grab my checkbook. Sharon stopped me. Unfortunately, we can't take a personal check. At this point, it has to be a cashier's check. There's a $50 late fee, and we need it by 5 o'clock today. There is a bank inside Safeway. I looked and saw the Oldsmobile and remembered the broken windshield. I guess we will be walking to Safeway, guys. It was a beautiful day for a walk, and it felt refreshing to get out. An elderly couple stopped me on the sidewalk. Let's take a peek at this baby, they smiled. I lifted the sun blanket so they could see Kate. Ooh, it's a tiny one. She's not very old. Danny poked his head out from the basket and looked up with a huge smile. The man stepped back as if a snake had wriggled out to bite him. Oh, you've got another one hiding in there, too. They looked unsure about a woman stuffing a live human into a stroller storage basket. He loves to ride in the bottom basket, I assured them. Bye! I hurried away before they could call Child Protective Services. The charge for ordering a cashier's check was $25. Combined with the late fee, my mistake cost $75, the amount of half a month's worth of groceries. On the walk home, I kept tapping Danny with my foot to keep him away. I needed him to nap at home. Kate grimaced and filled her diaper. I walked faster. The bare-windowed car was waiting for us exactly as we left it. That's right, I still need to call the insurance company. In the bathroom, I stripped off Kate's messy undershirt, rinsed her in the sink, and started again with a fresh diaper and another outfit. I scrubbed the stain out of her clothes with a bar of soap. After Danny finished his hot dog and bread, I read him a short book and laid him in his crib. Kate was crying and hungry. I gathered a burp rag, blanket, and support pillow under my arm and settled into the recliner. 
When Aaron walked in for lunch, he found me sitting in the recliner with my feet propped up, my head tipped back, and Charlie Rose playing on the TV. Laya whispered, It looks like you've been relaxing here all morning. Hi, babe, he kissed my cheek. What is there to eat? I'm sorry I don't have lunch made. There are hot dogs or I can make you a sandwich. Did you get someone to fix the windshield? No. Where had the four hours gone since he'd left this morning? The phone wasn't working, so I went to the office. I explained the late rent, the walk to the store. We can't leave it parked wide open like that. He picked up the kitchen phone and got a dial tone. Five minutes later, he hung up. A windshield repair company will be here this afternoon. Will you be here to pay them? I stared at him. He just did in five minutes what I'd run myself ragged trying to do all morning. I can't go anywhere with a broken windshield. I switched Kate around to eat on the other side. And Linda is coming for her lesson at two o'clock. Linda brought a floral bouquet, a note of congratulations, and a gift card to a baby store. I gave her a little hug. These flowers are beautiful. That is so nice. During the lesson, Kate wouldn't sleep, but kept crying and spitting out her binky. I had to stand and bounce around my hip while I gave Linda instruction. Play deeper into the legato and crescendo all the way until you lift your wrist at the end of the phrase. Suddenly, Linda stopped playing and looked with terrified eyes at Kate. I felt the familiar drip of milk running down towards my elbow and caught it with my hand before it hit the carpet. Oh my, your baby is... She struggled for the right word. Leaking. I wondered if she had ever seen a baby spit up before or if she thought my daughter was broken. Kate made a familiar burping noise. I grabbed for a blanket and barely caught the spray before it covered the back of Linda's shirt. Should I go? Linda asked politely. Oh, no, no, it's okay. She does it all the time. She's a chronic spitter. Our lesson time is almost over anyway. Linda gathered her books. Next time we can play a few duets, I called from the doorway as Linda limped to her car. I hoped there would be a next time. I closed the door and pulled the blanket away from Kate. Her outfit was drenched and milk was dripping to the floor. Upstairs, Kate's closed drawer was empty and the laundry basket was overflowing. Kate, that was your last clean blanket and onesie. You can't keep this up. We are running out of things to wear. I quickly changed my own shirt and snatched a onesie from Danny's drawer. It drowned Kate, but at least she wasn't naked. I made it downstairs in time for my next student. It wasn't until I started making spaghetti for dinner that I realized I hadn't eaten breakfast or lunch. No wonder I was starving. I wanted to eat right then, but Kate was crying. I left the sauce simmering on the stovetop and lifted Kate out of the playpen. You're hungry too, aren't you, little bitty? As soon as I'd popped out the footrest, settled in the recliner, got Kate positioned, and clicked the remote to the Oprah Winfrey show, Aaron walked in. He leaned down to kiss my forehead. You look comfortable, he said, eyeing my relaxed position. His skin was warm. He'd been out contacting this afternoon as well. Laya wheeled a portable chalkboard into the room. Across the top, she drew a column with Aaron's name, and next to it, a column with my name. In Aaron's column, she added a point. What's that for? I asked. Anytime Aaron comes home hot from working hard and you're relaxing in a chair with your feet propped up, Aaron gets a point ahead of you. But I'm nursing Kate, I pleaded. Breastfeeding doesn't count as work. Laya darkened the mark on Aaron's column. Aaron picked up the windshield repair receipt from the table. Why so much? He asked, looking at the bill. I guess our car insurance doesn't include glass coverage. No, you have to request to add glass insurance separately. You didn't know that? 
I didn't recall any of my political science professors mentioning that certain auto insurance options were a la carte. So in my fury to trim our monthly expenditures to bare bones, I moved our vehicle policy from one company to another, but didn't specify to keep the glass coverage. Everything I'd saved in insurance premiums would be wasted with this repair. Lia pulled out the chalk and marked a negative one in my column for not knowing about auto glass coverage. Before I could protest, she added another negative mark for missing rent and another for accruing a late fee. The rent payment! Watch Kate! I shouted to Aaron, pulling Kate off my breast. I reached into the stroller and felt for the cashier's check. I hastily hooked my bra and adjusted my shirt while I ran across the apartment complex. The office was locked. Walking back to the apartment, I saw Aaron driving out of the parking lot. I'd forgotten he had a meeting. He rolled down the window. Danny is in his booster chair eating and Kate is in the playpen. He was on the street before I remembered to ask if he had quarters for laundry. Danny had noodles hanging over his ears and red sauce spread on his face and down the front of his shirt. Come here, messy boy, I said, lifting him out of his chair. Let's get you washed up. We've got to make another trip to the store. Buckling the car seat bases back in the Oldsmobile, I found more glass buried in the seat and ended up vacuuming again. My stomach was cramping, either from hunger or from doing so much twisting, bending, and walking today. Kate wasn't yet four weeks old. The simplest tasks seemed to take forever now that I did everything with two kids. I mostly needed quarters at the store, but as long as I was buckling everyone up, I was going to bring my coupons and get some grocery shopping done. I couldn't fit any groceries into the stroller on this morning's venture to the store. At Safeway, a man named Bart greeted us at the store entrance and decorated Danny with stickers. I pushed the cart up and down the aisles trying to think of what to cook for dinner outside of spaghetti and tacos. Laya followed me through the store. The cheese is so expensive here, Laya said as I lifted a block of cheese to put in the cart. You saw it for 50 cents less a pound in the Albertsons ad. You can't overpay. You need to make up for the $75 rent fiasco. An elderly couple stopped next to my grocery cart. Are these your children? How old are they? What are their names? My, you have your hands full. Yes, I do. Full of good things. I put the cheese back and coaxed Danny to make his duck sound for the couple. He performed on cue. Oh, that's so darling. Enjoy this time. They grow up fast. They're adorable. I will. Thank you. Have a good night. I tried to remember what I was shopping for. These kids need a balloon. A Safeway employee with a curly clown wig stopped us and tied one balloon around Danny's wrist and one onto the handle of Kate's carrier. On aisle seven, I was crouched down comparing the prices of mayonnaise when I heard a loud crash. Danny, how did you reach that? Stretching his little arms longer than I thought possible, Danny had reached out and pulled a jar of pickles off the shelf. I wheeled the cart to the front of the store and asked for a garbage and paper towels. First the windshield, now the pickles. How much broken glass could I clean up in one day? The sun had set and the sky was dark when I pulled up to our apartment. Okay, sleepy kiddos, let's get you ready for bed. I lifted Danny out of his car seat. My arm muscles were sore and my feet were tired. Danny, you stink. Kate was also poopy up the back of the two big onesie. I stripped her naked, washed her clean, and opened her clothes drawer. Empty. Oh no, the quarters! Downstairs, I collapsed into the recliner with Kate. It felt so good to get off my feet. My back ached. My head was throbbing. I couldn't remember if I'd had a drink of water all day. Laya wheeled the chalkboard into the room. She added three negative marks in my column. 
not getting the cashier's check to the office in time, parking the grocery cart within Danny's reach of the pickle jars, and forgetting laundry quarters. I was seven points in the hole. Don't I get a point for having dinner ready when Aaron got home? Reluctantly, Lya erased half of one negative mark. You can't get full credit. It was only spaghetti. I was too tired to deal with Lya tonight. I helped Kate latch on, then took out the remote and clicked on the TV to drown her out. Just as the TV screen lit up, a key turned in the lock. Aaron was home. Hi, babe. I hastily powered off the television. Lya added another negative mark in my column. How was your meeting? Long. I hate long meetings. Aaron noticed the heaping laundry basket sitting next to the door. Did you want this washed? Yes, but I didn't get any quarters. He glanced at the television. Lya said, he's thinking that you've been watching television the entire time he was gone. I did go shopping, but at checkout, Kate was crying. Danny almost fell out of the shopping cart. I dropped the bag with the eggs, and I completely forgot to ask for change. The coupon, the sales, the balloons, the people, it had been too much for my brain. At one time in my life, I had worked complicated calculus problems, and now I couldn't remember to get quarters from the store. I'll go grab some. Before I could protest, Aaron had his keys. He came home 15 minutes later. I was still nursing Kate. He took the basket and headed for the laundromat. Laya added two points to his column. One for the quarters, the other for doing your laundry, she explained. We're out of laundry soap, Aaron said when he came back with the empty basket. Oh, I know. I didn't have a coupon. I'm going to ask Anise to get me some when she goes to Costco. Aaron looked through the cupboards. Do we have any Doritos? No, I mumbled. They weren't on sale. I didn't even look, but I could hear Laya put another negative on my column. Aaron headed up the stairs without saying goodnight. Laya told me that he went to bed wondering why such simple tasks were so hard for me. This had been the longest day. It felt like two weeks had passed since Aaron and I woke up and found the broken windshield. My body felt weary in a way I'd never felt before. My legs and muscles ached. Upstairs, everything was quiet. Aaron had fallen asleep. I craved a full eight hours of sleep, but I couldn't go to bed yet. I had wash going in the laundromat, and I needed to give Kate her late-night feeding so she would sleep until three or four. At least I could finally eat some dinner. In the kitchen, I found that Aaron had put the spaghetti saucepan into the sink, squirted dish soap in the bottom, and filled it with water. In the bowl, the pasta had dried into hard noodles. Why hadn't Aaron asked if I'd eaten dinner before he ruined the sauce? Why wouldn't he save the leftovers? He knew how hard I worked to stretch our grocery budget. The more I thought, the more agitated I became. How could Aaron not notice that I hadn't eaten? There wasn't a dirty plate on the table next to Danny, and there wasn't a dirty plate in the sink. He knows that nursing makes me hungrier than a starved rhinoceros. Lya perched on the kitchen counter. Aaron doesn't notice you anymore. I've birthed two babies for him. I was indignant. I breastfeed because it's healthier and less expensive than formula. Women have babies all the time and that doesn't make them special or successful, Lya said. It's what you do on top of having babies that matters. I started putting items away from the grocery sacks and looking for something to eat. There was mayonnaise, water chestnuts, green beans, cream of mushroom soup, sour cream, onions, soy sauce, cream cheese, all things with a coupon or that had been on sale. I had bags full of groceries and nothing to eat. My stomach was empty. I had made sure that everybody in my house had eaten three meals that day. Now who was going to feed me? Laya gave me a negative mark for whining. 
I wanted to scream. From the bedroom, Aaron's relaxed breathing floated down and turned into toxic fumes. His peaceful sleep taunted me. I once thought I was the most important person in his world. I believed that he would anticipate my needs and come to my rescue like he had in college. I was ten feet below him and he had no idea that I was starving, empty, and exhausted. Laya said, He doesn't notice or care about you anymore. I rubbed my eyes until they were raw. I couldn't stay here in this prison of a house with him sleeping soundly, oblivious to my pain. I took the car keys and drove away, headed for Las Vegas. There were plenty of jobs in Vegas, and people didn't ask a lot of questions. I was not cut out to be a mother. I had once been a successful woman, but all I had done since having children was fail. Aaron would never find me in Vegas. Partway to Wickenburg, I realized that I didn't have a wallet, nor was I wearing shoes. I turned around. Instead of driving five hours to Vegas, I drove in circles around Sun City Grand. Coyotes were out in the moonlight hunting for a fresh bunny. The palm trees glowed above the ground spotlights. The flowers at the entrances of the golf clubs were in full bloom. My throat was parched. I had no spit to swallow. My head pounded from dehydration. I pulled into the Safeway parking lot for my third time that day. The automatic door slid open to greet me, even though I wasn't wearing shoes. There was no Betty, no Bart, no Clarice handing out stickers, prizes, or cookies. Weren't there any prizes for the mothers? The ones awake in the middle of the night? I set a chilled bottle of Gatorade in front of the droopy-eyed teenager at the check stand. I could hardly wait to crack the seal and pour the refreshing liquid down my throat. That's $1.29, the boy said sleepily. I didn't have a wallet. Never mind. I left the Gatorade bottle dripping condensation on the surveyor belt. My apartment was dark and peaceful. Inside, everyone was still asleep. At the laundromat, I moved the wash into the dryer. I woke Kate and coaxed her to eat. I got the warm clothes out of the dryer. I folded them and sorted them into piles on the couch. The next morning, I was sleeping with Kate at my breast when Aaron woke up and got into the shower. Aaron left for work without saying anything. He didn't kiss me. He didn't say goodbye. He didn't know about my middle-of-the-night drive, my almost trip to Vegas, that just a few hours earlier I had been meandering through the aisles of Safeway in my bare feet. He must have thought I was so lucky to be able to sleep late. The door closed downstairs. Kate had drifted back to sleep, leaving my bare breast exposed and a drizzle of milk pooling onto the sheets. I rolled into the wet milk, hit my pillow like a bass drum, and added my own tears to the puddle. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for joining me today for Chapter 6 of Lies of the Magpie. I'll meet you back here next week for Chapter 7. Have a good one, everybody.